Beep, beep, bitty. Joe Rogan. Remember that? Yeah, we used to say that. We used to say that. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we just go right into these, right? We say something. Like, <laughs> I'm Harland Woodstock 99 Grant. <laughs> I'm Ryan Hardware Out McKenna. And this is the Doddlers Philosophy Shorts! <laughs> Did you know there was a Woodstock 99? Yeah, I knew. Yeah, they did that. They should. Did you know there there were there was a 90s? <laughs> Is that the topic of tonight? <laughs> we don't have any millennial listeners. I think they're all old folks. You guys all old folks, give us a call or tell us about your I don't know. Jesus Christ. 555 we're lonely. <laughs> Let us know you exist. All right. You know, we're going to talk about something tonight, and it's not even music. Vintage, classic rock, the 90s classic rock yet. Jesus Christ. Um, It is instead the word, concept, topic, fairness. I have heard this story a few times. I was reminded about it on the radio the other day. They had Franz Duall on, and he was talking about Chimpanzee politics, he's got a new book out, something about the purposefully anthropomorphizing other non-human primates, because he's stressing, well, yeah, we're just primates too, and whatever emotions we have are kind of just a fancier version of what they got, maybe. He likens emotions to organs, and then, you know, but the little experiment that he rehashed that talks about fairness in, I believe, capuchin monkeys. All right. You've got these two caged monkeys, and this, the scientist, the experimenter, comes in, and he's asking them to do a trivial task of some sort that they can easily do. And when they successfully accomplish the task, then they are given a piece of cucumber. And, you know, he says, all right, do the thing, and they do it, and then they get the cucumber, and they'll go for hours. They just love it. They'll just, oh, sweet, I like, you know, give me free food. I'll do the task, I'll get the food. And they do it, and it's great. And then they run it again, but they give them grapes. And then they just will do it for hours, and they love it. And then somehow they establish that grapes are preferable to these monkeys than cucumbers they're i don't know he on I, when he was running through it i think he said 10 times more whatever somehow <laughs> they established that grapes are preferable to cukes so then the third time we go in there and we go back and forth and he's like all right monkey a you do the thing here you go here's your grape and now monkey b you do it and then he does it and he gets a cucumber <laughs> and then repeat 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 and after a few times I don't know how many, let's say eight times. Then Monkey B, when given the cucumber, is like, fuck you, buddy. And he like <laughs> throws it back. And he's like, I don't want this goddamn cucumber. The Albert is getting grapes. <laughs> I this is not fair, you know, is what 
Franz de Waal, the pro-anthropomorphizer scientist, that's how he characterizes it, that this that monkeys have a sense of fairness because when these are both desirable things, and as long as they're both getting the same, grapes or cucumbers, they will be satisfied. But then if one witnesses the other one getting a greater reward for doing the same task, they will become agitated. They will actually refuse the cucumber that they were totally happy to take yesterday <laughs> when you were both getting cucumbers. Now they chuck it back at you and they rattle the cage and they scream and yell and they're like, ah, you fucker! <laughs> this is ridiculous. And apparently one way to ca- to describe, characterize that is that this monkey thinks it's not fair. Comments. <laughs> it's interesting because when I'm, you know, when one way to think about fairness is cheating, but another way you can think about fairness is sort of, I guess, discrimination or favoritism. And I, you could say, eh, that's kind of like cheating or whatever, like when it's nepotism or cronyism or something like that. But at the same time, it's like there aren't any rules about the cucumbers or the grapes. There are these kind of seemingly game rules about you do the thing and you get something, right? But there's no unspoken, there's no rule set that the monkeys seem to be learning where it's like, well, Albert gets the grapes and you don't. Jeffrey or whatever. And uh, so it's like, well, then what's fair? You know, if, if fair in the sense that is there favoritism? You know what I mean? Like, it, I think this is where all that theory of mind, intentional stance shit comes in all of a sudden, right? Because it's like, well, how do you know that, you know, the scientists are favoring one over the other? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not fair, but it's like, but... What is fair in this sense? Are they cheating? You feel like you're being cheated. And maybe from the perspective of the one who's not getting what it is they want, their preference, they can concoct whatever. Or the monkey could just be just having a negative reaction to the thing and just, I mean, they have a social interaction with their groups and things like that. And so they have retaliation and reciprocity and all these kinds of things, right? So that's probably just a quick, irritated response of like, fuck you, you know, like, you can have it, you know? I don't know, though. That's, I mean, what do you think about what I just said? I didn't think about that dimension, about the theory of mind dimension. And if the monkey, to what extent they're taking some sort of intentional stance that they, are treating the scientist as a as an agent as a minded thing that is that as far as they can tell has the choice well the grapes are right there and your hand you gave that guy a grape in some sense are their thoughts well characterized as some sort of agentive attribution and that's where the anger comes from and i suppose you could try to rerun a similar experiment with some sort of mechanism where the monkey didn't have any sort of relationship with the with a scientist. Right. I mean, it would what? have to be something where like the scientist gives Albert the grape and they like pets him on the head, maybe hugs him, you know, and then puts him down and then like when, you know, Jeffrey wins, you just like he just the scientist just like throws the chunk of cuke at him and he's just like, What the fuck is this? 
this, you know, like, like, cause there's no, otherwise there's no pattern other than just giving and the distinction between getting a grape and not getting a grape or that kind of thing. And, and the preference that overlies the whole thing, the situation. So it's hard to know what explains the irritability in the response or we are doing the intentional stance, right? Where we're like, well, you know, our theory of mind shit where we're like, oh, they're irritable. You know, their behavior seems to suggest, I don't know, frustration or the aggression with which they respond suggests they are not content. But yeah, how, because it seems... One of the reasons this topic, I don't quite want to say fascinates because I don't care about it enough, but that's what, that's the cliche that came to the tip of my tongue. One (laughs) of the reasons I am at all interested in the topic of fairness is that it seems to be extremely prevalent, at least among human beings and perhaps among other primates, perhaps among who knows what, how far down the evolutionary hierarchy <laughs> we go. And one could design an experiment that one that you could attribute as some sort of expression of an, a judgment about fairness. But I don't think that there are any respectable naturalistic metaphysicses that include fairness in them. Like, I don't think, I don't even accept moral right and wrong, let alone fair. That seems even less likely that there really is in our universe such a thing as fairness, that there's a truth maker for sentences that include fairness judgments. Mm. I'm quite confident that that's just not a thing in this universe. But... A bunch of primates are walking around acting out all sorts of different behaviors based on judgments of fairness. And then I want to ask the evolutionary biologists why we developed this. Like, what is it doing? Is it is it in the genes or is it just some sort of meme virus? Or, you know, where did it come from and why is it still here? Yeah. The only thing I can think of where one formulates this concept of fairness or whatever is, on the one hand, it, like I wonder if it ha- at all has anything to do with kith and kin. Eventually, a mother, in some social dynamics, say mammals in particular, of course, which is primarily what we'd probably be focusing on, a mother would be like, okay, you need to stop free freeloading on me. I've, I, I've got new cubs. You know, they need my energy and if, get the hell out of here, you know? And, you know, maybe there's a sort of dynamic, some kind of weird nervous system dynamic that goes on between the older, you know, offspring that are still, you know, mooch enough mom or whatever and whatever the circumstances might be. Because it could be, you know, you know, there's all you know. There's often in say other primates, there'll be a baby, you know, a little infant, and then there'll be like a, you know, younger primate that's you know the you know the older brother or sister of this baby infant or whatever. Eventually, they got to start pulling their own weight. It may not be when they're just like real young, but it could be later on after a few years. They got to you know, okay, I, I you know I've got now I've got another kid and the one that was an infant when you were just a kid is now a kid so i got this infant i got this kid and i got you now and you gotta just go pick whatever the 
legumes or shit that we're eating, you know, off the ground, you know, you, you got to do it yourself, you know, like, and so maybe there's this response that feels slighted or whatever. And it's, and, and in order to make yourself feel better, you kind of have to say like, well, I'm being cheated, but I'm not going to go right up to my mom and take whatever it is because she could kick my ass or whatever the hell it is. So there's something overriding that maybe here I am just speculating. And then you take that with you and you're like, <laughs> and you cathartically figure out how to make a living for yourself in the troop or whatever it is, you know, whatever the group situation is. Dogs also have quite a bit of like, you know, beat downs that happen between the higher ups and the lowers. And it might seem to some at first, oh, you know, I was your cub and you, you gave me everything. And now you're telling me to fuck off, you know, or I'm last. It's like a, you just haven't earned it yet, baby, you know? So it could, a psychological or a mimetic mechanism to mediate intra-species conflicts in the face of scarcity. Because if there's only so much, whether it's food or mother's attention or whatever it is, mm-hmm. if there wasn't something to mitigate the escalation, then every competition for the scarce resource would lead to a fight to the death, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, would... well, what if we could just skip all of that and cut it in half and share it or say, all right, you take this one, I'll get the one tomorrow or next week or, you know, there's nothing out there in the universe that really is or manifests this fairness trait, but it's just a shorthand or a little mental trick to say, all right, all right, all right, we don't need to bite each other's faces off or smash our horns together every time. Let's just, you know, you treat me fairly, I'll treat you fairly, and then everybody will be better off. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, you know, that's... Especially when it comes down to conflict, but then, you know, conflict often is decided by just the older, more experienced individuals or whatever, and the younger ones just trying to see what they got. But if two capable, mature individuals are going up against each other, I mean, usually it seems like, and I'm not a, you know, out there watching bears and shit, but what I have noticed is there's, you know, a lot of discussion about how they don't want to take it to a point where they could get really injured or whatever. So then, yeah, maybe they, they, they break it apart. But I don't, I don't even know if that's how cooperation... With primates, I think it's a little bit different. They have to find a way to live together if they're going to, number one, be in a social group. And that sociality would be using each other in a way as a resource... But also the thing about primates is that they, they're not like a herd of wildebeest or bison or something where they're all pretty much on the same plane and they just kind of move along, you know, that flat ground or whatever. They're up in the trees, they're down by the water hole, they're in all these various kinds of, like they just have a multidimensional ex- existence it seems. There's a lot of nooks and crannies in, in a forest where a predator or whatever can grab you. It's not like you have all eyes. You probably have a lot of ears and things like that. And so, I don't know. I can see where there's some cooperation, you know, plays a part. I said my piece about the kids and the parents and how that might be where fairness feelings come from. 
but that you don't you you treat your peers better, but you don't you know treat your you know the lower generations better. You know, like there's a hierarchy, and it goes it's you know age dependent or whatever, and it's demographically structured that way. But that along each level, you know, maybe there's a little bit more camaraderie because you're all sort of in the same boat and using each other as a resource to get along and to find things. If I find something and I share it with you, you know, with the reciprocity stuff, perhaps you feel like more inclined to share with me because then it becomes this, well, next time. And of course, that might be this future stuff. So that adds more <laughs> concepts that who knows whether or not they exhibit those, those would have to be tested as well, which I imagine some of them probably have. But As with many concepts that developed on the damp savannah or wherever they came from, they often don't port well to 21st century first world problems. <laughs> you know, like yeah. my sense of fairness mostly causes me grief personally i've got that little voice in there but it's mostly whiny and annoying and when things aren't going my way it'll say that's not fair <laughs> and it'll cause cognitive dissonance and discomfort and it'll it's not pleasant for me to have this sense of it's not fair and I have to try to remind myself with the rational parts of my brain, well, I mean, in a sense like, so what? Or that's a meaningless sentence. That's not fair. It's neither fair nor not fair. It is what it is. Like, but it just, however it got installed, I've got that program running. And it's like an annoying little app that I have to control alt delete my way into the task manager and say <laughs> shut down you know get out and then later it'll just boot up again and it'll be taking some of my cpu in in some of my brain power and i don't mm -hmm. like it well the one thing i wanted to ask and you kind of answered it as well but you you kind of talk about how you tap into some kind of you know rational approach to dealing with the problem but I was thinking like, well, what about like when you are feeling emotional, does it m motivate you or does it diminish you? That would be my question. The What I was saying earlier, it would serve as a motivating factor. Someone feels, you know, like they're going to prove like, well, you, this was your last mistake, you know? <laughs> so mom, I'm going to show you how successful I can be. And of course the, mother would be like great do that <laughs> uh, or is it like oh i guess i'll go just walk into the stream and never come out again you know or, you know what is the what's your emotional response if you have one i probably lean more towards stream walking <laughs> i prefer to call it realism accuracy reasonableness whatever to stress, acknowledge, interpret the situation as I'm a mere bug, a gnat. I am nothing. Like, I don't have this, well, I'll show you thing to the mountain, and I'm not going to, you know, be a, the ant that tries to move the mountain because, well, I that 
can't happen. So instead, I want to try to find a way to not want to move it. Like, that's not for Mm. you. What can I do instead, given the factors that I can control and effect? Well, but you wouldn't go back necessarily to the thing that has rejected you or whatever. You would just try and, what is it, uh, the best revenge is living well or whatever. And for me, I'm much more of that, yeah, like I got my arm around the mast and I'm shaking my fist at the storm as this boat rollicks back and forth in the heavy waves or whatever. Um, That's much more my response is just like, screw you clutching my pearls i don't know if that's how that phrase is used (laughs) but all right yeah i I mean i get the part about shaking your fist at the storm that worked that was good well it's a little bit of both you know it's like it's i've been insulted and now you know like the world is is uh what am i trying to say the world is is crazy and and unstable you know or whatever or my world has been rocked or something like that so it's a panic or something, you know. Anyway. Um, well, I don't know. There's fairness. There ain't none. Get over it. It's just a monkey thing. It's another thing that the chimp is always yelling at you. Quiet those chimps. Or get out there and vote!